Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Between You and Me. It is me, Alex, and today I'm actually quite excited for our subject at hand and what we're going to be talking about. I'm also so deeply nestled into my bed right now, like, I don't think this is a normal way to record podcast episodes because I'm a little bit too comfy to the point where I could potentially fall asleep. Um, I just realized I can unhook the stand of my mic and hold it in my hand and normally I have it like set upwards so I have to be like sat up. I just recently learned I can hold it just like this. So I'm literally laid down in my bed as if I'm about to go to sleep (laughs) but it's great. I'm comfortable. I love it and I'm excited to talk about what we're talking about today because I don't know what it is about taking accountability for your actions that is just so beautiful to me whether it's yourself whether it's the people around you whether it's a celebrity anyone I don't care the ability to genuinely put your ego aside and take accountability be completely aware of where you went wrong and make the effort to either apologize change or acknowledge another person's feelings in that situation has to be one of the most attractive things in the world that anybody could do and not even attractive like oh my gosh that's so hot like just an attractive quality in a person to have like I want to be friends with that person you know so here we go we're going to be talking about the question are you the problem and I'm going to go through some toxic traits that people can probably have in relationships and friendships and is quite good to be aware of because hey sometimes we need an extra perspective to really be aware of like what we are doing wrong in certain situations especially if maybe we haven't had a person tell us this before and maybe it's the first time you're hearing some kind of negative constructive criticism towards yourself and you're sitting there and you're like ah. No, I don't believe that. I don't believe I could be this way or this way or this way. And for the most part, I do think that anything that a genuine human being says to you about your personality, about your character, about something that you said that might have hurt them or anything along those lines, you should take into consideration at least a little bit, at least with a grain of salt. Because me personally, to get a little deep here, I think the meaning of these relationships that we have in our lives, whether it be romantic or platonic, is to give us the ability to grow. And the only way you can do that is if you're open and willing to hearing how you may have went wrong. Because you can cruise through your whole life and people can tell you things and say, hey, I didn't like how you did that. Or I don't like this about your personality. Or you might have to change this. Or, you know, you need to compromise more here. And you can be like, nope, 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 nope. And then continue living your life and be the exact same person and experience no growth. But if you give yourself the chance to hear these people out, even if you may not like it, 
you will have the ability to grow. You will have the ability to take a look deeper inside of yourself and say, okay, hmm, maybe they're right. Maybe I do have this element of myself that I've never been aware of until now. And it would be a good thing for me to change that. It's almost this idea of being humbled, which, God, there's so many people out there that need to be humbled. But, you know, you need to experience that. You need to experience just a touch of humbleness in your life. And for the most part, I believe that relationships help you in that way. If you're in a relationship and you don't think that you are doing anything wrong, this is for you, baby. Now, the first thing that I would like to say is that in relationships, and as I speak about relationships, I'm not going to be specific, but I'm going to say it now that this is romantic and or platonic. So friendships, relationships with parents, relationships with whoever it might be, and romantic relationships included. Sometimes, as a matter of fact, romantic relationships will be just that much deeper to the point where this will be just that much more important. But of course, a very close friend, a best friend, this could all be just as viable information. But in these relationships that you might have with people in your life, everybody has different past experiences. So, you know, even somebody as close as your sibling could have had a different upbringing than you. They could have experienced things differently, um, especially somebody you might be in a relationship with. They have completely different parents. Their parents raised them differently. They went through many, many different things that you have been through. So we are each bringing in our own individual characteristics based on how we grew up. And that kind of will morph the way that we communicate, morph the way that we interpret things, what our intentions are with the way that we say things, and ultimately how we choose to show our love and how we care for other people. So there's a lot of open-mindedness that has to come with any relationship. And I think that if you are the person who tends to be very harsh on other people and really pinpoint negative points about others and how they treat you, I think there's two forms of reflection that you're going to have to do in this situation. And it's one, are you holding yourself to those same standards? Can you hold yourself to those same standards, right? Are you expecting so much out of this person but not returning the same energy? This is a good question to ask. And two, I can't remember what two was. That's crazy. All right. Well, I completely lost my train of thought. But what we're going to start off with here is some very common elements and things that we can unconsciously do in relationships that can be very toxic. And sometimes we don't even realize it. For the most part, we always try our best, right? We always think we are doing the best. And, you know, if you're the type of person that is intentionally doing wrong in a relationship, get the hell out of here. I don't want to talk to you. But if you're the type of person who is ultimately trying to do their best at all times, but then you tend to be getting into a lot of arguments, you tend to have your partner feel unloved, unhappy, and they're trying, trying so hard to tell you things about yourself, but you're just not able to receive it. This is who I'm trying to speak to, okay? We're going to go through some of the things that you may be doing, and I'm going to talk through them in order for you to get a little more aware 
of what it is. Now we're going to start with numero uno, which is the one that is just talked about way too much in social media, and it is gaslighting. Now I've heard so many people misuse this word, so I'm going to say it now. Gaslighting is manipulating someone into doubting their own thoughts, feelings, and reality. Gaslighting can be something so small, like you stubbed your toe. You're crying on the floor. You're like, oh, this fucking hurts so bad. And someone says to you, come on, that doesn't hurt. I know that shit doesn't hurt. You're not in pain. And you're sitting there like, um, bitch, I am. So like, literally, what are you talking about? minor version of gaslighting because realistically you can push them they'll stub their toe and they'll know how it feels just kidding don't do that but in the greater scheme of things if you have hurt a person in your relationship and they come to you and are telling you how you hurt them and what you did exactly that hurt them and how that made them feel you do not get the opportunity and the ability to tell them no, I didn't mean it in that way. Therefore, you shouldn't feel that way. This statement should not be used because so many times we make mistakes or we do things without the intention of hurting another person. And lo and behold, you know, like I said, everyone's got a different past. Everyone interprets things differently. So yeah, this person's offended by that. This person got hurt by whatever you said. So just because your intentions were not mal doesn't mean that you get to tell them, that their emotions aren't valid. The right way to do this would be to acknowledge what you did, apologize for it, say, hey, I'm so sorry that I hurt your feelings. I genuinely didn't mean that. And you know what? Next time, I'm not going to say it in that way. I'm going to say it like this because that's not at all what I meant. And I really don't want you to feel like I dislike you or whatever it might be. This is how you approach that situation. Because the worst thing you can do to a person is make them feel like their emotions aren't valid. And depending on how this person grew up, they can either be the type of person that has so many emotions and is very sensitive. And as soon as you tell them their emotions don't matter, they'll blow up. They'll feel more emotional. They'll feel even more intense emotion. And there goes the argument. The argument rises. Or you'll meet a person that's going to take that and say, oh, yeah, they're right. Like... I shouldn't be feeling like this. And then they're going to start to suppress all of the emotions that they should feel comfortable to share with you. So take a look at yourself. Have you been doing this? Sometimes it's even to such a small degree that it can really be easy to look past. It can be super easy to be like, oh, fuck, like I didn't even realize I was doing that. And you notice that, hey, like my boyfriend's been keeping things to himself. Like he hasn't been openly communicating how he feels to me anymore. Maybe it's because... I haven't been giving him a safe space or acknowledging his emotions. Maybe I haven't been saying, hey, you're right. It's okay that you feel like that. And I'm very sorry that I made you feel like that, even though it wasn't my intention. Okay, so take a look at how your arguments go, especially with when emotion comes in. Now we have the lack of respect issue here. Lack of respect can come in many different ways. And when I'm talking about these toxic traits, I'm going to completely not interject about things like cheating and infidelity, um, you know, losing someone's trust in a big way, because these to me personally are deal breakers. So 
I don't think giving advice on, hey, you cheat on someone, like, how can you, like, make them feel better? Like, no, I don't think giving advice on how to heal that toxic um, trait is important whatsoever, because in my personal position, I would no longer be with somebody who did that to me. So we move forward in that case scenario. So things like lack of respect are disregarding other people's boundaries, opinions, and values. Let's say somebody has told you that one of their boundaries is that they don't... Okay, le- Okay, I have a good example. Let's say somebody told you that their boundary is that they need a day or two, three times a week to have a day to themselves. They need the personal space. They need the time alone and they need the time maybe even with their friends or their family and they can't spend it with you. This is a boundary and the issue with setting boundaries and what makes it really difficult is a lot of the times people find it very hard to set boundaries because they're afraid of how it might affect the other person. If you're the other person and your partner's telling you that that's their boundary, unfortunately babes, if it's said respectfully and said with the best you know tone and intention, you cannot be hurt by this boundary because what you're doing is you're making that person feel like they can't set up that boundary anymore. If they say, hey, babe, I've seen you for two days. I'm going to go home now and I'm going to spend the next two days by myself. You know, obviously they're not cutting communication off with you, but they're going to go spend some alone time. And you say, honestly, that really hurts my feelings that you don't want to spend time with me. We have a bit of a problem. Because this is a completely fair boundary to have. Somebody wants to spend a couple days by themselves and have the time to recoup by themselves. I'm the type of person that feels like that myself. And so is my boyfriend. So there are times where you need to put your emotion aside and not feel everything purely based on emotions. And also not write a story in your mind that, hey, my boyfriend or my friend doesn't want to spend time with me because they want to spend time alone. No, 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 no. That is completely fair. That is completely good. Good for them, to be honest, to be able to take that time for themselves. So if you disregard these boundaries and continuously ask to see them or complain that they don't want to see you or make it a bigger issue than it really is, this is where we lack a little bit of respect. Sometimes you need to kind of kick yourself in the right direction and say, hey, there is simply nothing wrong with this and I can't sit here and make this person feel bad about it because sometimes I need my alone space. So whatever I feel like I need to give myself, I need to respect that another person needs to give it to themselves too. If somebody tells you and cancels on a plan and says, I really need some alone time, don't take it emotionally. This is another boundary that they're setting and they're saying, hey, like I just, you know, I don't have it in me. I need to be able to stay home. There you go, babe. This is how we actually respect another person's boundaries and allow them to feel comfortable to create these boundaries. As soon as you start reacting negatively towards someone else's boundary, they're going to be afraid to even set up these boundaries in your relationships. So it's like they will never 100% be totally comfortable and happy because they don't get that space to themselves. And that can go for any boundary. If they don't feel comfortable to set one up, how are they going to feel comfortable in a relationship? These boundaries need to be honored and they need to be 
worked around to a certain extent where you feel comfortable accepting it and they feel comfortable setting that boundary up. Same goes for you, obviously, but right now we're talking about ways that you can improve, so don't worry about the other side yet. Okay, ladies, listen up. This next one is controlling behavior. Now, I want a lot of you guys to know the difference between controlling behavior and respect because men love to throw that one around. So I don't want you guys to think that I'm calling certain things controlling because I think there's a fine line between asking your partner to do something in a certain way that respects you and then actually controlling them. There's an element of what would my partner be comfortable with me doing Okay, let's say your boyfriend's going out to the club every single weekend and you're just not comfortable with it and you're setting up a boundary. This is not controlling, (laughs) okay? And if he doesn't want to compromise, then you skedat. You don't need a club rat. Anyways, not the point. But the difference between the two is that there are levels of respect and things that are honoring your relationship and that don't put your relationship at any kind of risk that your partner may want to do on a day-to-day basis or do once in a while and for you to completely neglect and put power and control over another person's actions this is where it becomes very controlling behavior let's say there's a job position let's say there's an activity let's say there's a trip that your partner wants to go on and you simply say no And you react extremely negatively towards it. Okay, you know what? I even take back you saying no because sometimes it isn't even as much as saying no. If you react negatively towards and say, oh, why are you going there? Or why are you going to do that? What's that all about? Blah, 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 blah. Your partner is not dumb. They're going to interpret you saying that as, oh, they don't want me to go. Now, depending on the partner that you have, you're going to get two options. You're going to get someone that rebels against you because they feel like you're controlling them. So they're going to do everything that you dislike. And then you're going to get the partner that shuts down their own freedom just for you to be happy. In both of these scenarios, we don't have a healthy relationship. Once again, these examples that I'm giving you are ones that do not cross the line of respect. Okay, so me saying your boyfriend or friend is going to go and do things that you don't like are things that wouldn't risk your relationship. I'm not saying, you know, hitting the club, like my example before. I'm saying, you know, going to the gym every day or going to go, you know, hang out with their friends and watch a movie every Saturday. If you say that you don't like this simply because you don't want your partner to be doing things outside of the circle of you, this is very controlling behavior. And trust and believe that I have been that girl, which is why I can say this, It is not a good look. It's not a good look to not have confidence in your own individuality. You want your partner to be able to continue in whatever they're doing in their life while simultaneously you continue in whatever you're doing in your life separate from your relationship. So if your partner wants to do things outside of that and you decide to dictate what they are and aren't able to do, whether or not you say yes or no, just simply based on your reaction to that, your partner is going to feel a type of way about it, okay? So this is definitely an example of controlling behavior that no matter how small it is, it can really affect a relationship. I find it funny that sometimes us as women love to say men don't know how to communicate, men can't communicate, da-da-da-da-da. I mean, (laughs) for the most part, it's borderline pretty true. But if you are creating a safe 
environment in your relationship, you know, considering all the things I said before, it should be a lot easier to communicate, which means you yourself should feel a lot safer to communicate as well. I know a fair share of women, and I feel like for some reason I'm speaking to women because I know a lot more people are women um, listening to this. So I know my fair share of women who love the silent treatment, my mommy being one of them. So I learned it from someone. But the silent treatment might be, and I quote, one of the most toxic things you can do to a being. Okay, I've been on the opposite end of the silent treatment. I have given the silent treatment. It is horrific because truly and honestly, what are you gaining? One thing I stand by is taking a break. Taking a break is fine. Let's say you're in an argument. Let's say it's getting a little bit too flustered. You're getting to the point where words are being spoken that don't even matter anymore. It's not constructive anymore. It's just words flying around. And sometimes it's a little bit mean. So I highly recommend pressing the stop button and whoever feels like they have the emotional capacity to say, hey, let's pause, let's take a breather and let's come back to this in 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever it might be. And let's re-talk about this, you know, argument, however it started. This is a beautiful tactic. I use it myself. It's amazing. I'm going to use it more often, actually, because it's something one of my first therapists ever taught me a long time ago and it is very valuable but on the opposite side of this you simply not allowing a word to come out of your mouth when another person is begging you to communicate is a silent treatment and it is possibly one of the worst things you can do you failing to openly and honestly communicate your thoughts feelings and needs will not get you anywhere no matter how difficult it might feel and a lot of the times as women, sometimes we think something so tiny shouldn't be brought up. If you feel like you can't sleep on it and let it go, communicate it. If you feel like it is something that is bothering you to that extent, that it won't just wash away within a night, communicate it. Because for me, I know I've been guilty of bringing up things that just don't matter you know, things that in the moment you might have an emotional reaction, you're like, hey, what's this? Or what's that? Or why'd you do this? But then you know that if you kept that to yourself and slept on it and woke up the next day, you simply would have never brought it up. And you know what? Starts an argument for the most part because the other party might be like, hey, uh, this is so not deep. Why are you coming at me with an attitude? So yeah, that's one side of it. But if you do truly feel like it is something that needs a constructive talk, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market communicate it. Don't let the silence fill the room because silence brings about a lot more anger from the other person and sometimes from you too. I don't know if you guys have ever felt that feeling of when <laughs> you've like ended an argument abruptly and then you now you're by yourself and you're doing some random task and you start 
imagining if you were still in that argument and pretending, you know, what you would say or what you would have said. And you're literally wasting time in your imaginary little world in your head figuring out how you would have won that argument. I've literally done that and it's it's psychopathic truly. So get it off your chest and get it off your chest in the nicest way possible. Kill them with fucking kindness. Please, please just be nice to everyone. But communication is necessary, okay? Another one, emotional manipulation. I'm not proud of it, but I used to guilt trip a lot in my past. I had a issue actually <laughs> where I would make the other person just feel very guilty about random little things that they would do. I don't know, honestly, if I do it now, I haven't gotten any complaints. So maybe I've grown and done better. But using any form of guilt or fear or tactics to manipulate and control the other person's emotion is emotional manipulation. If you think that you react emotionally to something that the other person has done, and I kind of used it in an example of before, it's like somebody setting a boundary. And even if you don't say no, you're reacting negatively and like, Maybe even sometimes, you know, us as girls, we love to just kind of pretend and like fake that we're sad, but really like we are actually kind of sad, but we make ourselves, okay, maybe this is super niche, but we make ourselves like seem fake sad. Like, let's say in the example of a boyfriend, he's like, I'm going to go home now. And you're like, no, don't go home. What the heck? Don't leave. And then they're like, oh, I feel bad. Okay, I'm going to stay. You're emotionally manipulating them a little bit okay now this is like a minor example but if you can think of that in a larger aspect of using any kind of guilt to change someone's decision change somebody's actions then you're emotionally manipulating what i recommend instead is <laughs> to not use emotion to manipulate another person but rather have an open conversation about something just using this minor example, maybe you could say, do you think you could stay for another hour? Is that possible? And if they say no, then you accept it. And if they say yes, you say, woohoo, love that for me. Rather than using your emotions to get a reaction and get a different decision out of someone. Like I said, again, this was a very lighthearted example. So it's definitely doesn't seem as serious, but this can be considered in a way bigger aspect of, let's say somebody's decision was a lot bigger. They wanted to, let's use the example again of they wanted to take a different job, let's say in a different city, so they might have to live a tiny bit further away from you and you were emotionally manipulating them into the decision that they want to make rather than just having an honest conversation of, hey, you know, it would be very hard for me if you moved another 30 minutes away, but if this is really what you want, I'm going to support you. That would be a healthy way of going about it. A negative way of going about it would to be to start crying and say, hate you. Why are you leaving me? Why are you going further away from me? Do you not love me? You know what I mean? So there's very split second decisions that you can make in situations that have to do with your emotions, or you could change the direction of where the conversation is headed. Almost all of these examples that I'm telling you, if you switch them in a different direction, could either give you a really raging argument or a positive conclusion to a difficult situation. So it's almost like you choosing the angel or the devil on either side. So here's another pretty bad one that sometimes we tend to do in our relationships is isolation. This is when you cut off the other person's friends, families, or support system. This is actually very, very 
deep one and is a lot more toxic than these lighter examples I'm using. But in a more light way, isolation could be you pointing out your dislikes when your partner or friend hangs out with other friends. And it can get to the point where you don't want them to spend time with their friends because you want them all to yourself. There's an innocence to that to a certain extent because it's like, hey, like I just love you and I want to spend all the time in the world with you. But then there's also you have to look at at it logically in terms of it's just not human nature to spend all of your time with one human being forever. It's also not healthy. (laughs) Okay, so if your partner is telling you, hey, you make me feel bad when I go spend time with my friends or you make me feel bad when I'm spending time with my family, then you yourself have to take a step back because if there's nothing drastically wrong with these friends, yeah, maybe you don't get along with them. Maybe they're not your cup of tea, but if there's nothing drastically wrong with them in terms of their values and morals, then you should be supportive of your partner or friend hanging out with these friends. Now, if you didn't like their friends to that high of an extent that's a different conversation to have and if there's actual you know evidence or reason to dislike these people like I said another conversation in that in that situation you know when you date someone you should be aware of who they surround themselves with and be comfortable of that initially that's for a whole other subject so let's say yeah these people are not that bad you just don't really want your partner to be hanging out with them all the time. This is where we have to either accept or change. If you don't like that they're spending this much time with their friends, here's another conversation that you guys have to have. Let's say it's seven days a week, they're hanging out with their friends and you're like, babe, do you not have like better things to do? Do you not have to work? Um, That could be an issue in your mind. But if it is a very healthy amount of time spent with friends and family and you just simply don't like the fact We got some growth and some changing to do. People need other people in their lives apart from you. (laughs) I think this is a very obvious statement, but it is really important that if you're in a relationship, your partner has a support system outside of you. It can actually be very negative for you to be the only support system that your partner has because you simply can't give all that nurturing, all that love, all that care, all that advice that one person needs and be the sole source of it, okay? So if anything, do yourself a favor, allow your partner, allow your best friend, allow whoever it is to create and nurture these other relationships because as life gets busier and we age, we're not gonna have all the time in the world to be the single support system of another being. That's for when your kids come along, okay? And eventually your kids grow up too and gather gather other support systems. But besides the point, again, I'm trailing off. Um, allow others to have support systems, other friends, family in their lives because that's just the way it should be. Now, last but not least is probably the most hurtful one (laughs) and it is dismissiveness. Me personally, I, this attribute actually um, triggers anxiety for me, but when you're doing it, you might not even notice it yourself, okay? When you are dismissive to others, it is minimizing or invalidating the other person's emotions or concerns. Sometimes, like I said, we have different mindsets, we have different beliefs because of how we grew up, the way that we are, the person that we are. 
So we don't think something might be as serious as another person might. Let's say your partner comes to you and says that they are not a fan of how you interact with, you know, certain people in public. Um, Like, hypothetically, my boyfriend came up to me and said, you're like a little too friendly with men around you or flirtatious or whatever. By the way, this is not accurate representation. I'm the meanest person you'll ever see to men. Okay. Anyways, um, let's say that that was a situation I was in and I decided to say, oh my God, it's so not a big deal. Don't feel bad about that and don't look too deep into it. Does that look like you're acknowledging the other person's feelings or minimizing and invalidating it? Because to me, it feels a lot more like dismissing that person's comment and their feelings and emotions. I think if another person is trying to tell you that something makes them uncomfortable, you have the option to have a constructive talk with them in that moment. You can first explain how you apologize to that person, say, oh my gosh, not my intention. Two, you can explain it from your perspective so that they're a little bit more aware and maybe that'll be all they need. Maybe they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Like, I just didn't know how you were approaching these situations. And if not, three would be to compromise and to say, like, that is not my intention. I'll be a lot more aware of how I interact with people and yada, yada, yada. That would be a beautiful way to solve this issue, wouldn't it? Instead of telling that person that, no, 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 no. Your feelings actually don't matter, okay? So all of these issues, all of these toxic traits need an enormous amount of self-awareness to be able to recognize the behaviors. And recognizing it is just the first part. In all of my examples, I talk about what a better way to handle that situation would be. You need to start practicing these better options in order to cultivate that healthy and fulfilling relationship. Sometimes it can be so hard to hear the other person out when they're complaining to you and telling you, hey, you're not respecting my boundary here, or you're criticizing me too much, or you're not communicating to me, or you're manipulating me emotionally, you're guilt tripping me. You know, these things you might hear and think it's completely false because those words sound really heavy. They sound like, oh my God, I'm a terrible fucking person if I'm doing this. So your first reaction is to say, absolutely not. No, I'm not doing that. You're insane. I don't know where you got that because you're insane and I'm not that type of person. And although these words feel very drastic and feel very deep, they're not irreversible characteristics. They are situations that You can hold your hand up and say, you know, even the way that I did, hold your hand up and say, damn, I have used guilt to manipulate and control another person. I have disregarded boundaries. I have taken things emotionally and put it on the other person. The first way to cultivate that healthy relationship is to take accountability for what you may have done in the relationship and figure out a way to change it. Now, I know some of you guys might be listening to this and saying, Well, my boyfriend has to fucking take accountability for what he's doing. My girlfriend has to take accountability for what she's doing. Blah, 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 blah. My best friend has to. But babe, look at yourself in the mirror first. A relationship will never improve if you don't improve first. 
If your attention is on the other person and how they can improve constantly 24-7, you're creating a very negative space. I think, let's say you're in a situation where you're really at your last straw, like you really think the relationship's not going to last because there have been so many problems. And you decide for the next couple of months to only put the focus on you and figure out ways that you can be better and you don't see a positive impact happening in your relationship, then God bless you. Exit when you may please. But 80% of the time, I think just you solely changing your wrongdoings and figuring out things that you've done wrong and taking accountability for issues that you may have brought in the relationship will shift the relationship into a much more positive light simply by you doing that. It's almost in a sense leading by example. Another person in your relationship can look at you and say, oh my God, Alex has really shifted the way that she has treated me in this way and has really started respecting my boundaries. That makes another person aware of hey, like there's things that I've done wrong too. Let me try and do better. Let me try and make them feel as good as I feel right now because the other person is changing their ways and making me feel seen, heard, and safe in the relationship. So taking accountability in relationships is very, very crucial for creating that healthy and fulfilling relationship. And in order to take accountability, you have to one, recognize your role, recognize the role that you play in the relationship dynamic, understand your own actions and words and choices and how that can actually impact your relationship and the other person involved. You need to also be very self-reflective. Sometimes it even means taking time when you're just with yourself to reflect on your own behavior and actions. I do this pretty often and I journal about it and I consider, you know, how my actions may have contributed to this misunderstanding or this conflict or this challenge that's happened in the last month or couple weeks. And practicing that self-awareness actually allows you to understand your own patterns and also your own triggers. I mentioned that to you guys too. Dismissiveness is such a trigger for me. And it's like, okay, why? Why is it a trigger? You understanding your own issues. And then once you understand it, you're able to communicate it will only be better for your relationship. If you've done something wrong, a way you can take accountability simply is apologizing sincerely. When you make a person hurt or when you make a mistake, apologizing is taking responsibility for your actions and genuinely saying sorry. Please, God, please avoid making any excuses or shifting the blame when you apologize because that's not a real apology. I've received so many apologies that are like, I'm sorry, but babe, that's not an apology, okay? Um, you also have to show empathy and express remorse for any pain or inconvenience, even let's just say that might've happened. Taking accountability also means listening actively. Other than self-awareness, you also need to be able to listen when the other person is sharing their concerns. Avoid becoming defensive because defensiveness and your ego is the biggest thing that actually creates these problems and makes the problems continue because of course you're not completely aware or understanding of what you're doing wrong because you're not actively listening okay open up your ears but also open up your mind because just you know even though you're paying attention you might not be absorbing it you need to truly try and understand the other's perspective and validate their feelings and make them and almost empathize with them put yourself in their shoes if they were doing that to you how would you feel okay obviously take those corrective actions 
you need to be able to learn from these mistakes that you may have made. Once you've acknowledged your role and understand the impact of your actions, you need to obviously take those steps to make amends and to improve. Um, This can be, you know, changing certain behaviors, even seeking support. Sometimes things that trigger us may lead us to anxiety or things that have happened to us in our past. And in order to actually move past it, therapy might be needed or counseling might be needed. So this can really emphasize and bring you closer to working on that personal growth because relationships, like I mentioned, will allow you to do that if you allow them to. Anyways, yeah, learning from your mistakes is the end goal here and embracing that growth mindset and viewing these mistakes as opportunities to learn and grow. A lot of the times guilt will stop us from taking accountability for our actions because we just don't want to feel that emotion of being aware that we hurt somebody that we love. But at the end of the day, it's almost impossible not to. So don't beat yourself up about making mistakes or hurting another person in your life. Because one thing about guilt is that if you feel it, you know that you want to do better. So it's the first step into acknowledging, taking accountability, changing, and learning from these mistakes. Use these past experiences rather than hating yourself for it as lessons to guide you for your future actions and choices. And also don't forget that taking accountability in relationships is an ongoing process. It's not something you're going to have to do once. It's something that requires a lot of self-reflection, empathy, and good communication between you guys. And you'll be actively working on this accountability, especially the healthier that your relationship gets and the more fulfilling your relationship gets. So don't be burdened by noticing that you're doing things wrong almost be grateful for it because that's how you know you're going to make things better okay i really like this episode i enjoyed talking to you guys about this hopefully you will take a little piece of advice from this and go on your merry way with some better things and decisions and a little more self-reflection in your relationships And I hope this helped you a lot. I love you guys so much. And I will talk to you in my next episode. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.